We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things green and gold. It's a bi-week Sunday as we take a collective breath, let the Packers get healthy, let ourselves get healthy as we get ready for this final stretch run of what look hopefully will be a season culminating in hopefully the title coming back to town. My name is Mike Lemon. I'm joined by Mark Echo today. And Mark, it's kind of nice not having a game this week that we can kind of take a step back, look at the team, and get ready for this. It's going to be a very fun December. Yeah, I I told a a friend of mine who's a Packers fan, um, it was like about an hour after the Rams game, I said to him, I said, I don't I know they need the bye week, but I do too. I mean, it's been a it's it's been a a crazy twelve games. I mean, yeah, I could see how the players need it, but but I think we as fans and and people that talk about the Packers, I think I, I think we need a little bit of a break too. So yeah, so we're going to talk about looking ahead and hopefully the Packers getting some of their better players back off injury for sure. And of course, you guys heard uh, on Saturday. The guy's talking about who's more important to come back. We're going to talk about what those roles might be when those key players come back. And we're going to talk about the four main starters who are on injury reserve right now. So we're going to talk about the two offensive linemen, David Bakhtiari and Josh Myers, Darius Smith and Jair Alexander, because there are so many different things that are pretty good problems to have when those guys come back as to who comes off the field, how the, the offense or defense may change, how the calls might change, and how that fits to specific opponents. So let's jump right in. Let's talk right away. Let's talk about the two offensive linemen. We'll start with David Bakhtiari. He had his knee cleaned up. They're hoping he'll be back maybe after the bye, if not maybe the second week after the Bears game. What are you thinking for Bakhtiari, and how, how has that changed? Do do they just bench Yash Nijman, or do they shuffle things around, move, move Turner inside and move Nijman to right tackle? Like, What are you thinking, Mark? Yeah, I don't I, – that, that's a great – decision that has to be made by the coaching staff. Um, obviously, Bakhtiari goes to left tackle. That seems the best in the game when he's healthy. Nyman's played very well. I mean, they're 4-0 in the games that he started this year. Just keep that in mind. 
I don't like moving Turner because I, I think Turner is a much better tackle than he is a guard. I really do. I think, I think we've all seen his first year in Green Bay. He played guard, and, and he kind of struggled a bit. Um, then they moved him out to tackle, and he looked like a different player. So here's my question. And I remember reading this. Is this, is, is this Simon's third year? This is his third year, correct? But after his, his rookie year, I think he, was, he may have even been, only been on the practice squad or um, but I, 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 I remember reading, I don't know if it was Bob McGinn, if he was still writing, or Tom Spursky. One of them wrote about him after the season and said, and I remember this, saying, you know, perhaps his future is at guard. Now, he's not built like a guard, obviously. He, he looks more like a, he looks like a big tight end, actually. But I, I, that was always in my head that, well, maybe he could, so I don't know if you want to do that, but <laughs> I'm kind of torn. I don't know. I don't know what you – I mean, the old line is, right, put your best five players on the field. And I think Diamond has been one of the – you know, if you rank him, he's probably better than the guards right now. So, I don't know. I don't know. What, what would you do? I think with Nyman, I, I would keep my tackle. He reminds me a lot of Taron Armstead. Super athletic. He's got good feet. He's he's still a little raw with his technique and sometimes with how he leans and he can he can be beat off the snap a little bit. He's not Bakhtiari yet. I don't think he will be, but it's amazing how in the NFL most teams have a problem finding even five decent linemen who can start. The Packers have about eight, and that's such a good problem to have. And Running and Newman have been basically entrenched at guard now. Uh, I think they'll probably keep them in there. Just for continuity sake, and Nyman will probably go to the bench and just be a swing tackle. So, because I mean, there's even talks about whether the Stenovich will have Bakhtiari on a pitch count when he comes back. So there may be some drives where Nyman's back out there. That makes now that's that makes the most sense. That that that's the best thing I've heard so far. You don't want yeah maybe Bakhtiari can't go. You know, let's say the Packers have the ball seventy some snaps, which is what you hope they have, right? So. Um, if that's the case, maybe you only want him going forty some snaps. So yeah, you, so maybe every other drive you put on that, that that I like that makes for now. And then as yeah, as time goes on, though, they're going to have to make make it this. But then again, you know what? And I hate to say it, you know, there can always be another injury. Somebody else could get hurt, and then you, and then you're forced to move Turner inside, maybe, or you're forced to do something else. So, but I like I like your I like your Analysis there, but Bakhtiari doesn't play the entire game, and and Ivan comes in and spells him every once again. Which is the offensive line is the only position where that doesn't happen, by the way, right? No, it doesn't. Because you want communication to be the same. Well, they say that, but don't you want communication the same on the defensive line and on the secondary and everywhere else? I've often, I mean, I, I know that's the I've asked coaches that a million times, you know. How come you you know you switch every other position up depending on down and distance and matchups and this and that and everything else? And they always say, well, we want continuity on the offensive line. Well, I understand that, but sometimes the offensive lineman might might need a break too. Maybe, but I think another thing also that with the offensive lineman is their footwork. You don't want a guy who comes up takes a bigger stride next to you. So as you if they hear attack and you kick out and your guard takes a bigger stride next to you compared to what the other one did. You, you trip each other, and then your quarterback's getting crushed. Like there's there's like a bunch of such minutia with it. But it, it, I, I agree with you. It's been interesting. We I saw we saw the Badgers do that for weeks, and it didn't work. Oh, do they do that? Do they rotate guys? They rotated all five for uh, basically per drive. Wow. 
that's getting a little carried away. But I just think a lot of it is that they don't have, like like you said, some teams can't find five good linemen. So if you know, if you only you know, as, as the the five they play are far and away their their best five. So, uh, but yeah, but that's a good problem. Like like you said at the, at the beginning, it's a good problem when you have you're taking guys out that are playing well. You know, I mean, it's just it's a good thing. That's a good. It's a good decision to have to make for once. So, all right, let's go on to um, Myers. And yeah, let's talk about Josh Myers. Like it, we haven't heard anything about this injury other than he has surgery on it. There hasn't been any talk about him warming up with the other injured guys off to the side, working with the trainers. There's been basically radio silence on the rookie center, and and he was playing well. I was impressed with what he was doing before he got hurt. I don't know if he's coming back, but if he does, obviously he's going right back in at center. Lucas Patrick would go to the bench to be the Swiss Army knife on the interior. How does that change this offense? Well, Myers is better. Myers, was playing, like you said, was playing very well. And it's funny, I didn't think his injury... When it happened, it didn't seem like that big. I was like, all right, he'll, he'll miss a game or two. They'll be okay. Patrick will move to center. And then, and then, and like I said, next thing we knew, it got leaked out that he had surgery. Like, oh, wow, okay, it's going to be a little worse than we thought. And now you don't – I don't know if they're just – if they're not – if nothing's being said because nothing's being asked or they just don't know. But uh, I don't know. You You think they would for sure take Patrick out of the lineup, huh? I'm not so sure he wouldn't move Patrick back to guard and take Newman out. I think they'll keep Newman in there because he's. I thought he was playing better next to Myers than he is next to Patrick, and I think they want Patrick as that versatile guy who can play either guard or center. Yeah, that makes sense. Although Patrick was a starter, like, you know, he was starting. He was actually starting at left guard. Wasn't he? Runyon was the one that went that came in, but he's played real well. I think Runyon. So I'm not messing with him, but. Um, Again, good problem to have, right? No, 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 if Myers would give them – if Myers can come back, and hopefully he can, um, he's just a better – I mean, he's – as a rookie, and that's asking a lot. Rookie center, you're asking a lot of them. But he's, he answered every call, I thought. I thought he I thought he played – I was pleasantly surprised that he – rookie to come in and play. I was a little nervous about that coming into the season, that you're asking a lot of a, of a rookie. Um, but I think that, and I think they knew they had, like you said about having Patrick as the backup. That's why I've been hearing a lot of talk during the off season of cutting Patrick or getting, you know, trading, getting, you know, to save a couple million dollars. And I kept saying, you don't want to do that because he's your security blanket. Uh, you're, you're starting a rookie at center. You got a rookie at guard. Um, Runyon's basically, you know, the second year, he he, he hardly played. He, you know, he's not a rookie in, in status, but he's a young, inexperienced player. You needed somebody with a little bit of experience in that mix. So yeah, I think that's that's that was a smart move keeping Patrick around. And obviously, he's had to play a lot now too, so it turned, turned out to be a smart move. But um, the Myers looked like he looked like the real deal to me um, that first month of the season, and it's a shame because. Who knows how much better he he would have been if he you know if he if he kept playing and get you know usually guys get better every week when they're young like that. I'm sure, and I think with with Patrick, I wonder if, and this is just speculation, if Bakhtiari had been healthy, if he would have made the team, because I think if Bakhtiari oh, is playing left tackle, Jenkins is probably your backup center, and that, yeah, and that but you don't want to. I don't know. I just think they liked him as a, a nice secure. Everybody thought that. I know you, you you're you're not alone in thinking they they were going to get rid of him, but I just think they didn't want to, 
maybe by the middle of the year, if they once they saw what they had, if they had to make a move. But no, I was pretty, I was confident he was making a team coming out only because they had that. that I don't, I don't think you wanted. They didn't know. They didn't know Myers was going to. I mean, they hoped. But what if Myers didn't pick up things right away? What if Newman wasn't able to come in and play right away? And then you're asking yourself, you know, then you're putting yourself in a in a bind. I mean, Pat, he wasn't making that. But if, if he's making eight million, yeah, and I say, okay, let's save some money. You know, two million is in in in, in today's NFL. That's not a, that's not worth putting yourself in a, in a bind over. I I agree with you 100. percent I I think he's a good fit. Yeah, I mean, and he worked. Yeah, they they love the guy. I mean, he plays hard. He He's overachieved. I mean, he was an undrafted guy that, that's coming and had a pretty nice little, what's his, what's his, his fifth, sixth year now? He's had a nice run. He's had a nice run for a guy that wasn't drafted. He's even more than a draft. He was a tryout player. Yeah, right. But they've had, the Packers have had incredible success on the with low round to undrafted um, offensive linemen. I mean, if you look at it, the only, I mean, who other, I guess, Jenkins was a second-round pick. Myers a second-round pick. Other than that, they're all third-day or not drafted. Neiman wasn't drafted, yeah. which is kind of surprising. That, that's kind of surprising. A guy with his size and athletic ability, coming out of a decent school, ACC, right? Yeah. You know, you would think somebody would, take, would have taken a shot in the seventh round on him, right? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You, you, I was thinking the same thing. I was surprised when they were able to get him as a free agent. He was my number one priority as a UDFA that year. Because, like you said, he's got he had great feet. He's crazy athletic. 
and he was a multi-year starter at a, a respectable school at Virginia Tech. They've been they've been a good program for a long time under when Frank Beamer was there. I mean, they're you know, it's not like he's coming out of some Division One AA school or whatever they call FCS now, whatever they call it. Or no, he was a you know, but again, they got him undrafted. Patrick was undrafted. Lane Taylor, who you know he's out here now, but had a good little run, undrafted. Uh, Bakhtiari, fourth round. Runyon, sixth round. Turner, who they got as a free agent, but he wasn't a high pick either, was he? He was a second rounder. Oh, was he a second rounder? Okay. Yeah. That's surprising. Back by Miami. But he kind of flailed around a little bit, right? He was on, like, I think the Packers were, like, his third or fourth team. I think third team. You go Miami, Denver, Miami, and then Denver, and then here? I think so. Okay. Um, We know that Runyon in the sixth. That that was a steal in the sixth round, getting run, which, again, kind of surprising. You know, big school. Um, his father, you know, he has the pedigree. His dad was a great player. Um, I would have thought, not, you know, not first or second, but I thought he, he'd have gone maybe fourth. Yeah, I was surprised with that. An all-conference Big Ten guy who was a tackle, but they move him inside, and yeah, he's, he's been good, and he plays with that attitude that I like, and that's what I like about Patrick, too. Patrick is kind of taking the T.J. Lang role. He's going to clean stuff up if, if things get a little dicey. Yeah, you got it. I mean, we can go back. I mean, you, you brought up T.J. Lang was a mid-round pick. They I mean that they've just done well. They've done well. I, I call it the reverse curse of Tony Mandarich. Since they made the all-time worst pick ever, taking Tony Mandarich, with the, when they, and they didn't know the, the whole steroid thing. But since then, they said, okay, we we feel bad that that we gave you know if he took Mandarich with that pick instead of Deion Sanders or Barry Sanders or Derek Thomas or any other Hall of Famers. From now on, any offensive lineman that you take, no matter what round you take him in. Is going to be okay. That's my that, that's my take on that. I, th- I think if you look at their last three first round linemen they took were Derek Sherrod, who battled injuries and was who never developed. He would have been a good player. He would have been a good player. I think so. Uh, Bulaga, who was a good player but again had injury issues, and then I think it goes back to Ross Verba back in the nineties, who was again a solid player, but he didn't but he didn't get a second contract. And before him was a guy that was real bust was John Michaels. Yeah, I remember I was covering it. They, 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 the Packers traded him to the Eagles. For John Harris, and then I remember my, I I was covering the Eagles then, and, and I wrote, "This is a trade that won't help either team," and it didn't. <laughs> I mean, they were both, that was just two bad first round picks. I got traded right for it. And then you and then you look at the other side, other like late linemen back in the nineties. You had Adam Timmerman, who was a seventh round pick, Mark Tauscher, seventh round pick, Scott Wells, seventh round pick, Dietrich Smith, undrafted. Like they're you're right. This the, the this. The front office and then coaches have from Campin to Stenovich have been able to mold the skill sets that they have into starting NFL linemen. They they draft for traits and and how they fit the system instead of just pure pure what the college tape shows and and, and it's paid off. Like look at Bakhtiari. I remember a lot of people when he got drafted said he might be a, have to move into guard because he they weren't impressed with him at Colorado and now he's putting up a potential Hall of Fame level career. Oh, you're right. I mean. That's why I don't like every year when you know draft comes around and we all try to guess or speculate on on what they might do or what they what we think they should do. And I rarely want them to take an offensive lineman in, in the first round because I know they're going to they can get the way they are they can get a good one later on. So why you know why why take that pick there you know? Sure, and again this is such a great problem to have. Like most most teams don't have five linemen. The Packers have three left tackles who can play out there. Granted, two of them are still injured, but they have three left tackles, which is something no other team in the NFL has. Yeah, most like you said, most teams don't have two. 
Teams don't have one. Some don't have one. <laughs> exactly. They're, 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 they're struggling with, with what they have. So, yeah, no, that, that's been um, – and, again, credit goes, like you said, to the front office and the scouts for finding the, the right guys. And then a lot of credit has to go to the offensive line coach instead of itching buckets for coaching these guys up and getting them ready to play. I'll be honest. You know, I didn't you, – you talk about Patrick. You didn't think, he, you know, it was debatable if he was going to make the team. I didn't think Neiman was going to make the team this year. I, you know, he hung around a couple years, and I thought, oh, okay, they're the same. And then, you know, when they drafted some other guys, I'm like, man, this guy is, you know, this guy. He, I thought he was going to go the way of Alex White. There was a chance, and I, I personally said on this podcast, I didn't think he was going to make it after the first preseason game because he didn't look that good against Houston. He gave Jordan Love hurt in one game, right? Yeah, he, he was getting beat a lot, but... The team saw something, and they they just honed in on his on his his timing. It was just that his punch was late, and his footwork just wasn't in sync with what his upper body was doing. But they seem to have gotten that fixed, and again, he's played well. And then if if and especially this next week with obviously with with Bears we coming up again, he can hold his own against that team, especially with Mac with a Mac out. Like that's I'm not worried about left tackle anymore, whether it's Bakhtiari or Nyman. If you told me in July or even August, that, hey, Nyman's going to have to start four games this year. And against those four teams that he had to start against, including the Rams last week, I'd be like, oh, geez, this is, this is, this is going to be awful. I mean, Rodgers, they're going to be carrying Rodgers off the field. And, uh, I mean, but, man, he's been – and, again, i got to give a lot of the credit to the coach. I mean, I'll give him credit, too, obviously. He's made himself a better player. But, but, that, but that coaching staff, I – I hope Sedevich doesn't go anywhere for a long time. I hope not either. If he does, he's going to go straight to head coach because I don't think he'd be a coordinator. And he's people start to talk about him more as well as Luke Butkus, the assistant offensive line coach. Like there's that's probably the best duel of, of line coaches in the NFL right now, and it's I don't think it's close. Like it's such a great duo, but we'll we'll see how how his career progresses. But yeah, he's a young guy. He's in his thirties. He's He's got a a long future ahead, and if even if he ends up just like camping, coaches forever on the offensive line, that's such a great problem. There to are have guys idea. like that. There are. That's the one position where guys like the Eagles have a guy, Jeff Stoutland, who's been there. He's been with four different three three different head coaches now. He was in Alabama for a long time. You know, out and they always have. You know, they're always sending out what two three offensive linemen a year to the NFL. Matter of fact, they don't, they thought he was going to go back to Alabama this year. He decided to stay with the new head coach there in Philly, but you know he's an older guy now. He but he's been around forever. And I think for the years they've been giving you know, just that's, they, that's all they want to do. They don't want to they don't want to be coordinators, and I guess they don't want to be a head coach. Everybody wants to be a, be a head coach one day, you would think, but just you know, everyone wants the money of being a head coach. Yeah, well, the money goes along with it too. But hey, more and more, you know. That's the one thing. There, there's no cap on on coaches. If you want to keep a assistant coach, you can pay him whatever you want to keep him. So let's, yeah. let's flip it over to the defense now. For sure. Let, let's talk about Zadarius Smith, especially with Is he coming his, back. It sure seems like it. The way he's been going on social media, he had they they put the picture of him having that big smile. And he said, "What did he say? It's about time." Or he said, "It's about it's about time." And even a few weeks ago, when he came back to Green Bay, someone asked him. How he's feeling? He says he feels like a brand new man. So after his back surgery, so I mean, if they can get another pass rusher in there, I mean, I don't think he's going to be. I think he'll still be on a snap count all year, no matter what. Oh yeah. If you if you can that's get a fun. package with with Kenny Clark 
and and Zadarius with their hand on the ground. And then you have Preston and Gary on the outside, and maybe you send Barnes on a blitz or Burks on a blitz or whatever. That's a, now a very fearsome pass rush. Oh, this is what they hoped they had when the season started, and they never really had a chance to do it because Zadarius, I mean, he played eight, what, he played the 18 snaps in the opener. Probably shouldn't have, as we look back on, right? And probably, who knows? I mean, he, he may have needed the surgery anyway, but playing those 18 snaps in a, in a blowout game was not, was not the best, looking with 2020 hindsight, that was not the best thing for anybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he, when he comes back, I don't expect him. I don't want, I don't even want him out there, you know, on rundowns. Like Gary and Preston Smith have been doing just, just fine. I mean, let them handle everything. And then, you know, if he plays 20, 20 to 25 snaps a game, that's, that's perfect. I mean, basically, he'll be fresher, he'll be ready to go. Yeah, do, do what Merciless was, was, was going to do, only hopefully even better. So yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be great. It would be really, and, then, and the only person you're taking out, you're just taking snaps away from the kids that probably aren't quite ready anyway. Garvin and Hamilton and Hippa, those guys. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they're doing what they can because they have to. But you get Zadarius back. Now you got those, you know, what you, what you always wanted to, 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 to Smith and Gary, those wreaking havoc. Especially if you look at the, the remaining teams that they're playing. And none of them have particularly great offensive lines. Any of them. Detroit might be the best offensive line they play the rest of the year. Hey, are you, I'm worried. Speaking of that, I'm worried. I'm, I, I really want Detroit to win a game somewhere between now and that game. I don't want to go and I don't want to play a team that has no wins. Do you, do you feel the same way or you don't, you don't care about that, 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 I mean, that they're going to beat Detroit? I want, I want them to win for Dan Campbell's sanity. Well, that too. <laughs> but they also have one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. But ideally, they'd win. They'd win this week against Minnesota. Oh, be That'd perfect. be great. They should have been the first time. They should. They should have beat Baltimore too. The Vikings did it. Yep. And they could have beat the Bears twice. And they could have beat the Steelers when they tied. But I just, I'd like them to get one before. That's all. I'm just a little. I don't want to play a team without win. Well, I, I agree. And and I saw a stat. If they had scored 20 points per game, they'd be five and six. But uh, but looking back towards Zary Smith, could you imagine if you're Minnesota's offensive line and you're on a third down and, and seven, and you see Gary and Zary is on the same gap? <laughs> and like you said, and Kenny Clark in the middle, and Preston coming on the other side, and who else may be coming? Yeah, that's yeah. But you're right. That's sort of fun. They're saying like you can use those guys on some sort of stunt. You you can loop. You probably loop Gary around and let him bull rush a tackle. Like there's so many different ways that this scheme opens up, especially with Barry, who was a linebackers coach his entire career. He can, I think, he can work a lot with Mike Smith and with those three guys on the edge. Yeah, I mean that would be, and you know, Joe Barry has done it. Obviously, everyone's talked about the good job Joe Barry has done with the defense, and he's done it without Zadarius for all but 18 plays. You know, especially without Zadarius. You know, you give him a guy that averages, you know. 12 sacks a year on top of what he what he's already has. Yeah, this is – if, if these guys get healthy, this defense is going to be I – mean, it's, it's good now. It's going to be scary good. And, they, and like you said, teams are facing down the stretch. But they got the, the Bears, Vikings, Lions, Baltimore, and Cleveland. So, yeah, I mean, Baltimore worries me because Lamar might do crazy things, but – 
again, you can with with those three, you can keep them in check a little bit. Without a doubt, and and that's the fascinating thing is when you look at this this team. I mean, you have, between Gary, Zedarius, and Kenny, if they're all healthy, they're game wreckers. If you get Jair back, he's a he can be a game wrecker. He can shut down half of the field, and that lets the safeties play different. So let's talk a little bit about Jair Alexander then too, because another All Pro who has been gone ever since Najee Harris need him need his shoulder, but he's practicing. He looks like he's improving every weekend. Another kind of little side thing, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but he was, at least his back was in that picture that Zadarius Smith posted. They, you, there was videos of them warming up together. Yeah, well, last week, before the Ram, before the Ram game, or, uh, he was on the field, he was he was running, he was catching passes, they were, you know, they were throwing on that little girl they have. I got to think he's close. And, again, it brings up a a good problem for the Packers. So, obviously, he goes in. He's your put him at left corner, I guess, but you can match him up wherever you want. That's the question. Do you put him in the slot? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Yeah, I'm going to say now, I think, I think, because I don't want to take Eric Stokes off the field because he's having a very good rookie year. And Russell Douglas just, you know, player of the week. He's, he's been he's been a godsend to this team. I'm not sure I want to take him off the field. So I think what you do is you match up, right? You just kind of see, I know the Packers play a lot of zone, but yeah, I mean, if depending on who's in the slot for the, for the other team, if it's a short, Quick guy, yeah, I could put I could put Alexander in the in the slot. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a big guy, then I then I put Douglas in the slot. Yeah, I, I say look look at next week. Look at the Bears next week. If they put Mooney in the slot, do you put Alexander or Stokes out there at Jagger's back? If it's Robinson, you probably if he's back, you probably put Douglas in there to be physical. It, it's again, yeah, yeah, it's a matchup thing and. It's another good problem to have where the Packers. Those three guys have to be on the field, right? Agreed. And uh, but now it it takes Sullivan King off, but that's then five capable corners that you have. Sullivan becomes your backup. Sullivan becomes your backup slot. King becomes your backup outside corner. So you have five guys who can play in the NFL at corner and play at a solid level. Oh, that's again. That's who has that. Some like you said. Some some teams don't have two. Yeah, most of the division doesn't have two. Like that's the incredible thing that, that the depth that this team has brought, and yeah, that's with with Alexander. The only thing that will be nervous when he comes back is when he has to make that first tackle. How is he going to approach it? Is he going to try and wrap up? Is he going to drive the shoulder like we've seen him do for the last few years, or will he be tentative, try and push him out of bounds? Like, how does he handle that first hit? 
and how does he react to it? That's going to tell the whole story with Alexander. No, I, I, I don't. That's yeah. Or he can just be like Deion Sanders was a quarter and just never tackle anybody. He could, but that that that. I think part of Alexander's, well, for sure, but I think Alexander's game is so aggressive. I mean, what's his highlight play? Tackling Stephon Diggs with Adam Thielen. I mean, that's probably his signature play so far. Right, sure. Oh, listen, Alexander is a, I love him. I mean, I think he's the best corner in football. But I but what you're, I, I agree with, with, with what you're saying with, he'll be able to run and cover, no problem. But you're, but you're right, you know, when he has to make that first hit, is he going to be a little, and I would be, I mean, you're, you know, he has the shoulder, that has caused him to miss all this time. It was and it, and it came on a hit, so it's a mental thing now for him a little bit too. But again, just getting getting him back. If, if you add him and Zaire to, to this defense, I mean, like you said, that, that gives him five. When King's healthy, five capable corners. How it? It's just it's going to make this team just so much better. And then you know what else it's going to do? It'll make special teams better because. The guys that are playing, you know, the, the Garvins and those guys that'll, that'll have to be, um, that have had to play more on defense, won't have to. And they can be, and that keeps them a little more, that keeps them a little more fresh, a little more active on, on special teams, which we all know, you know, has had its ups and downs this year. They have been better lately. I, I got, other than another missed field goal, overall special teams has actually been, been, been better. And that's where the bye week might help. Hopefully, it'll help Crosby reset mentally. But you know, I'm with you on the special teams part. I mean, I wouldn't mind K- King. Is a King is a willing tackler. He's not the best tackler, but he's willing to throw a shoulder in there. And if you send him on like a kick coverage or a punt coverage, I think that could work. Sullivan, who's been a kick returner in the past a couple times, Rosu will be terrifying on on kick coverage because he'll hit everything in sight. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want him playing. I want him on defense. I don't want him. I don't, I don't want him too much on special teams. But again, yeah. I'll, Sullivan would definitely be on special teams now if he is your fourth corner. So you, you, you get more special teams out of him. And, and same with the line. Garvin, uh, Tippa. Well, somebody's got to get. Who? Here's a question, too. Who do they replace on the roster? That is. I think the Adams a clear one if when Jair comes back. Yeah, I would think because he never played. But although he is on special teams, he plays a lot of special team snaps. He does, but I think Sullivan would take that spot because they're not going to cut uh, John Charles. They're not going to cut the rookie. They could, they could come up with a fake injury for him, put money to reserve. Maybe, but the NFL is probably going to be keeping a tight eye after the whole Rodgers thing. They're going to be paying a little bit more attention to. He could say he has a groin or hamstring or something. Although he actually made a he he, he was involved in that fumbled punt last week. He he, he made that. He was he forced that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably again. It's it's a good problem to have. And then when I guess when um, Zadarius comes back, Tippa probably goes back to the practice squad. You would think. Yeah, Tippa maybe Heflin maybe if they view Zadarius if he can play consistently, they can move him and Gary with the hand down. So maybe something like that. On offense, I don't know what you do with with Myers. When he goes back, who cool? Who goes? Brain probably again, or Malik Taylor. I mean, he's been hurt. He has been hurt, so you could put him on IR, maybe. Yeah, that could be one. You really don't need Malik Taylor anymore. I mean, St. Brown has found up very better. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I would think Braden or or Malik Taylor would maybe. You know what? Maybe that's what you do. Maybe both of them go. 
and you and you save a spot on defense. Yeah, that's definitely an option. No, I'm with you on that. Because Braden isn't going to help you on special teams. No. Like I said, Malik Taylor really, St. Brown has kind of taken over his role anyway. Yeah, he's kind of redundant at this point. Yeah. You don't need seven receivers. No, not, not with... Not, not combined with the, the two running backs they're going to use a lot and the tight ends and, and, and with all with MVS Beck and those guys. It, it also depends on Cobb's injury, too, because Cobb, I mean, Cobb is, is out right now. So groin, And groin injuries are notoriously annoying. Yes, they could. They, they linger, which is not – yeah. hopefully it's not that bad. If he has to miss the Bears game, it's not, I know, get him right for the, for the, for the stretch run and, and for the postseason. So, nine, you know – Nine and three at the bye is with everything that everything that that's happened. That's that's pretty good. One hundred percent. And you look at again, this all goes. I mean, the players well, but the coaching staff. You look at like we talked about Stenovich, even the defensive line with Montgomery, uh, Smith, and Olivadati on at linebackers. Look at Jerry Gray's work at with the secondary. It's it's been an all around great coaching effort, and everyone talks about the fluid pitching coach of the year. Even though, hey, I think Belichick's the favorite. If there's an assistant coach of the year award, you gotta think Stenovich has got to be probably the go-to guy for it right now, don't you? Yes, yes, none doubt. I, I was saying earlier, the job he's done is incredible. Yeah, but I mean, I think I mean it's a it's a shame. Back way 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 back, they they used to give AFC and an NFC coach of the year. If they, if that was still the case, I think it would be Belichick and and Lafleur. New England. Yeah, I mean, they, no one saw them doing what they're doing, so that's probably why he's the favorite. Although, they, you know, if they lose twice to Buffalo down the stretch, which is possible, and they wind up going, you know, 10-7 and seven or something, and I'm not sure he's coach of the year at 10-7. The top four are probably Belichick, LaFleur, Kingsbury, and Zach Taylor. But, but that's a conversation for a different day as we get later after the season ends. But again, during the bye week, so much to talk about, so many good ideas for this team going forward, so many great potential possibilities for this team. So, Mark, as we wrap things up, where can people find you and what are you working on? You can find me on, on Twitter at MarkEckle08, and you can find me on Sundays and Thursdays on at Packer Report. And uh, you can find me on social media at Mike Wentland. It's all one word on Twitter. Uh, and my work in the broadcasting field, I work for Zaleski Sports, covering a lot of high schools in central Wisconsin. I think I have four games next week. Goes, you can find that at ZaleskiSports.com for my broadcasting work. It's been a lot of fun so far now with basketball and hockey and now high school wrestling. Next week will be some some fun stuff to do. And, of course, follow all of us at Packet a Podcast. Uh, big thanks to all the contributors. We donated a lot of stuff to some great charities yesterday as well. At the end of this year, it's been it's been a great honor doing this podcast the past few years. It's been great working with so many people, including uh, yourself, Mark, and and hopefully we'll be able to do it a lot more for a while. Yeah, Andy put a hell of a team. I mean, we talk about the Packers getting putting putting together depth and a, and a good team. Well, Andy did the same thing. The podcast GM of the Year to Andy Herman. And, of course, find us every day wherever your favorite podcast platform is at the Packaday Podcast. Also, follow the YouTube channel, Packaday Podcast, as well. So that being said, we'll say so long. Everyone, enjoy your bye week. For Mark Eckel, this is Mike Willen. Thanking you for joining us on this Sunday. And, everyone, stay safe. Always carry the G. And even on bye weeks, go Pack Go. 